We're in Joshua chapter 2, for those of you that are listening online, starting in verse 1. Um, Rahab was a harlot. That was her past. But what we're going to find out is that her perspective can change, and that is not who she is. That's not her identity once her perspective has changed. She was focused on herself. She had a view of the world, which means she couldn't be focused on other people. It was survival. Even though you might care for others when you have a worldly perspective, even though you might care for others, most times it ends up being a care for them as long as they are serving your needs. This perspective leads to selfishness. It leads to you using people in order to get what you want And then when they're no longer useful, you cast them away. Rahab was a person who allowed herself to be used. She was merely existing and surviving. And so we have our relationship rule number one. And I would hope we all understand this one, but I felt like I had to say it. People are not here to serve our wants. Our family, our friends, the church, the ministry is not here to serve us. We are not here to be taking advantage of people. People's kindness, people's willingness to help. That is a worldly perspective. And we can see here that her perspective is going to change. Let's continue on in Jericho chapter 2 and verse 4. And it says, And the woman took the two men and hid them. And said thus to the people that came looking for them, There came men unto me, and I, but I wist not whence they were. And it came to pass about the time of shutting of the gate, when it was dark, that the men went out, whither the men went, I wot not. Pursue after them quickly, for ye shall overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof of the house, and hid them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order upon the roof. Now this was a standard practice. If you remember that picture, she was going to have her apartment above her was just the roof of the pillar. And so they would lay out their flax. They would lay out the the plants to dry out so they could be used for baking or whatever. And so she had had them lay on the flat surface and put the flax on top of them. So that at first glance, you couldn't see that there was anything else out there but piles of flax to dry. Um... Uh, verse 7 and the men pursued after them the way to Jordan unto the fords and as soon as they which pursued after them were gone they shut the gate so the soldiers believed her and took off and now we're going to go back to before the soldiers came and before they would lay down so before she hid them she came upon the roof uh, came up to them upon the roof and she said unto them I know that the Lord hath given you the land and that your terror is fallen upon us And that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when ye came out of Egypt, and what ye did unto the two kings of the Amorites, and were on the other side Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt, neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. Stop. Our next perspective is of fear. Our focus, when we have a fear perspective, when we have a fear optic in our life, is comfort. 
And you say, Brandon, what do you mean? When I'm afraid, I'm not comfortable. You, when you feel uncomfortable, anxiety and panic can ensue, and that causes more fear, or fear causes to be uncomfortable, and you want to run away until you feel comfortable. And so when we, when we look at this, this is us not dealing with things that cause fear, and that's just going to lead to a life of running away from everything. Look at what Rahab just said. She told us in verse 9, Terror is fallen upon us. She included herself in that. She had the fear that was instilled upon everybody in the city of Jericho. All the inhabitants of the land faint because of the Israelites. And look at verse 11. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man. Even their fighting men, their soldiers, their, their entire life is built around being a soldier, had no courage. They were completely disheartened. Jericho was so afraid, nobody left the city. All the gates were closed. If you flip over in your Bible to Joshua chapter 6, which is where we see the end of Rahab's story, in verse 1 it says, Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. They were so afraid of what the Israelites, the, the power that they seemed to have. They shut all the doors. They shut the gates. They let nobody in. They let nobody out. And she said, The terror is fallen upon us. Rahab had a perspective of fear. But I want to tell you something. Is fear ruling your life? Are you refusing to share the gospel? Are you refusing to walk away from that sin? Are you refusing to make the change that God has told you you need to make because of fear? I give you 2 Timothy 1.7 For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and of a sound mind. I want to give you a piece of advice. I'm going to free you from a life of fear. You don't have to live there. You get the option to walk away from that fear into power, love, and a sound mind. This is coming from a guy that went to Iraq, had to go through a lot of really bad situations, came back with a messed up mind, but every day I read this verse and I say, God, I don't have to let that rule my life. I don't have to hide in the house. There was a two-month period I couldn't leave my house because of fear, because of anxiety. But God said, hey, I can free you of that with a different perspective. Change your perspective. We don't have to live in fear. So relationship rule number two. People are not here to live in your fears or be the source of your comfort. You can't rely on a person, a single person, whether it's your wife, your husband, your sister, your brother, your mom, or your dad, to provide your comfort, because they will fail you. Only God, only Jesus, can give you the spirit of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. Moving on, perspective number three. We're going to see that she goes from 
a self perspective or worldly perspective to a fear perspective to a perspective on God. She's changed her optics. Look at verse 11. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you, the Israelites. For the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Right there, she's accepted that there's one true living God and it's the God of Israel. That right there is why she's in Hebrews 11. Because she allowed her actions to prove her faith. She had faith. She knew who the one true God was. So a focus on God leads to a focus on other people. She got her mind off herself. She got her mind off her fears. And now she can start focusing on what God needs her to do for other people. So let's look. Look at verse 12. She's talking to the the Israelite spies. She says, Now therefore I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord. So she's accepted him as her Lord. By the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that you will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token. And that you will save alive my father and my mother and my brethren and my sisters and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. She knew the Israelites were coming to take over the city and kill everybody. Because that's what happened to those kings she mentioned before. They killed everybody. Utterly wiped out that, that whole tribes. She was facing a death sentence. A hopeless situation. But when we're facing a hopeless situation and our perspective is of God... Our optics, our vision is focused on God. We know we can go to Him to get help. Rahab chose to not hide because of her fear. She could have hidden her house. She could have said, oh no, everyone's coming. We're just going to hide. If we keep the, the doors closed, nobody can come in and kill us. Well, obviously that didn't work out so well for him. But she didn't hide. She chose to believe God. Uh, we see that in Joshua 2.11. But she's also mentioned in James chapter 2, verses 25 and 26. I don't think I put that. No, I didn't put that up there. So I'll read it to you. Likewise, also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. She proved her faith in God by forsaking her perspective of the world and choosing to see the world through the lens of God. So I want to bring this into the New Testament and and, and just take a minute to look at the principles that she's using. What is it that we can take from this confession that she talked about when she said um, in verse 11, the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Well, she confessed with her mouth what she believed in her heart. Doesn't that sound familiar? Well, Romans 10 Verses 9 through 10 tells us that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. 
So she didn't have Jesus back then. But she knew if I put my body and mouth and money where my mouth is, then I'm going to have a proof of my faith. So she believed that God was able to destroy her entire city, including her family. So she chose to believe in God and she chose to come to the men that were sent as you know, spies, but emissaries in her idea, and say, hey, I believe that God is the one true God. Will you save my family since I'm helping you? I'm willing to put my life at risk because remember, the king wanted to kill those spies. So the king would be willing to kill her had he known she was hiding them. So she was facing death from Israelites in a war. She was facing death from her own country because she was choosing to help an occupying force that was coming. But she chose to believe in God and ask for help. We can see this principle at work. She had faith in the truth because God was the God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Her newfound perspective brought her to a place of love, a love for her family. You see that she went from being known as Rahab the harlot to being Rahab, save my family, my father's house, my brother's house, my sister's house, all that they have, their entire, their children, everything. Can you save our lives? She abandoned all she knew in her view, her worldly perspective, and ran to God who worked miracles, and she begged for her family. He allowed them to be saved from death because she showed her faith by saving the spies. Okay, so that's our perspective on God. So she went from having a worldly perspective to having a fear perspective to having a godly-focused perspective. Well, now she's going to show us that we have a faith perspective. And that's a focus on believing. And I, I, wanna, I want you to switch over this. That clock's not working, so I'm going to do the wrong thing and look at my time. We're almost out of time, so we need to push forward. So I'm just going to give you the highlights here. Mark 4, verses 37 through 41. Just write it down. It's written up there. You can read it later. This is when Jesus... It's a, it's a uh, telling of when Jesus and the disciples went on a ship and went to cross over to the other side, and there's a great storm of wind. Jesus is taking a nap below at the bottom of the ship, and all the um, disciples are, are freaking out because the boat's rocking back like this, water's coming over, and they're in this tiny, you know, little two-layer boat, and in this big, you know, lake-type thing, and it's just going everywhere, and they're freaking out, and Jesus is taking a nap. He's cool. He, he, not a problem for me. And so they run downstairs and they wake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Jesus, why are you sleeping when we're going to die? And Jesus arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared the disciples exceedingly, and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? A faith perspective lets us see a miracle of Rahab's family being saved in Joshua 6. 
Rahab didn't know how it was going to happen. She just knew the spy said, if you don't tell on us, and you put this uh, scarlet rope out your window, you'll be saved. Okay, so flip over to Joshua 6. We're going to go ahead and read the end of the story there. You know, in verse 1 it says that they're straight uh, shut up and nobody was going in or out. And so they get the instructions to go ahead and walk around the city seven times. Well, before that, they actually cross over dry land again. And so we get to see that again at work. So it's the second time that they've crossed over on dry land over a river. Or excuse me, that one was a lake, this one's a river. So they walk around the city seven times just blowing their trumpets. Nobody says a word. They're just walking along. The ark's in front of them. Seven days they do this. And on the last day, they do it seven times. And everyone has a great shout. And so we pick it up in verse 20. It says, So the people shouted when the priests blew with the trumpets. And it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout, that the wall fell down flat. So that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. And they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, ox and sheep, and ass with the edge of the sword. But Joshua had said unto the two men that had spied out the country, Go into the harlot's house, and bring out thence the woman, and all that she hath, as ye swear unto her. And the young men that were spies went in and brought out Rahab, and her father, and her mother, and her brethren, and all that she had. And they brought out all her kindred, and left them without the camp of Israel. And they burnt the city with fire, and all that was in, only the silver, and the gold, and the vessels of brass, and of iron, they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. And Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive in her father's household and all that she had. And she dwelleth in Israel even unto this day, because she hid the messengers which Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. Her choice of faith in God led to her whole family being saved from certain death. Two versions of certain death. Guess what? Your choice of faith can lead to your whole family being saved from a certain eternal death. Relationship rule number four, you can be the one who shows your family the love, grace, and peace Jesus offers. The more we learn about Jesus by reading his word, the more we will love and think like him. Let the word of God change you. But we actually don't get to end Rahab's story right there. Why? Because we're still talking about our choices now. It's written in James. She's written about in James. She's written about in Hebrews 11. But guess what? Her choices also led to her being married to an Israelite named Salmon. Now, her and Salmon had a child. And that person had a child. Salmon begot Boaz, or Booz, if you look at Matthew, with Rahab. And Boaz... Boaz, or Booz, begot Obed of Ruth, who we're going to talk about in our Bible study. Well, if you know anything about that, you go forward, Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David the king. Mm -hmm. So Rahab's choice of changing her perspective from worldly 
to fear, to God, to faith, led to her being in the lineage of David the king, one of the greatest kings of all of Israel's history. But guess what that else, what, what else that means? That means if you follow David's lineage all the way down, you get to Jacob begetting Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. Amen. So Rahab's choice to have a faith perspective not only saved her entire family, it put her in a place of honor and being in the lineage of Jesus. I thought that was so amazing. Amen. Start. Exactly. It's Glory. That you can see the lineage in Matthew 1, verses 1 through 17. Here's the conclusion Rahab's story went from living for herself to being afraid, to being full of faith, to being full of love. At no point did she stop moving forward. So listening to Pastor Sam this morning when he said there's several people every day who accept the benefits of the gospel and stop. That's so true. Once we say, you know what? I, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I know what Jesus did. I'm going to accept that. And we take the moment to pray and confess with our mouth what we believe in our heart that Jesus was that died on the cross and rose again to save me from my sins... Why would we not move forward and do something with that? Why would we stop telling other people about that? Oh, it's so scary. I know. You're going to lose family members sometimes. You're going to lose friends. But do you hate them so much that you won't tell them about Jesus? Do I hate my father-in-law so much that I won't tell him that his Catholic religion is not going to get him to heaven? Do I hate my best friend from high school so much that I'm too afraid to call him up and say, hey man, let me tell you about Jesus. Christmas is coming up. It's a perfect opportunity to have a reason to talk about who Jesus is in your life. Amen. Not my life. Not somebody else's life. Your life. What has Jesus done for you? Tell that to your family. Let them see you're a different person as I break my neck. If they see the changes in you, they're going to say, wow, I knew who that was 10 years ago or two years ago or last year, and this is a different person standing in front of me. How is that even possible? Because God can change your perspective. Let's get our minds off ourselves and get it on what God needs us to be doing. Even when Rahab faced certain deaths, she kept moving forward. We need to remember who we are serving. It's not other people. It's not me. We're serving a God who can perform miracles. Amen. So when have we stopped believing that he can do that? Let's not. Let's get our perspective right and say, you know what? No, God, you can perform miracles. In all of these prayer requests, you can perform miracles. And I'm going to have faith that God is going to perform miracles in every one of our lives, no matter how small it might be. But we got to remember that we have to have the faith to move forward in that. So that's Rahab, a tale of four perspectives. Um, stay tuned for next week.
We'll move on to the next one, which I can't remember the name right now. I think it's Gideon. I think so. I could look it up. Thank you, Brandon. 